That's that spooky season music. Welcome to another episode of the Black Jackson Estate. My name is Ash Cash, a.k.a. a political prisoner, a.k.a. user 2. Coming to you loud and clear. User 1, are you there? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? User 1 here. How y'all feeling? How you doing? Hopefully you've been taking care of yourself, staying safe, staying clean, staying masked up. (laughs) Absolutely doing all of the above. User one, what are you drinking for this spooky episode? I've got some grape juice and I got some, um, I don't know, what is this? Jameson? Some Jameson? Those really don't go together, but I just, I wanted something sweet, so. Are you just doing it as a chaser? It's not a mix. Yeah, it's just a chaser. Oh, heavens no. Well, listen, I'll tell you, I put put Hennessy in a lot of juices. Um, One of my favorite juice you've mixed it with? Pineapple. Yeah, I don't smell that working well. Got introduced to that in Baltimore. Would you say? Would you say? She said Hennessy. I'm already off, off. I'm done. I cool. can't. Yeah. Everybody. Ooh, that thing will knock you out. Ooh. But not Jameson, though. You're going to be good, right? Oh, yeah. I'll be all right. You're responsible. This is going to be great. This is going to be spooky as fuck. I'm glad you think that. Yeah. That's what's up. I, I really do. User 1.5, mm-hmm. are you there? I'm here, ready to talk about Spooky season, my favorite season of the year. Um, I've got a little bit of, so actually user one doesn't know what she's drinking. She's drinking what I'm drinking, which is proper 12, not Jameson. Yeah. Mm. What is proper 12? It is actually Connor McGregor's whiskey. And it's quite tasty. That little uh, Irish fighter. Uh huh. He's just so cute, but he stay getting beat every time I seen him. He gets tail beat. That's why he Little. had to do something else, and, and he be getting arrested a lot too. I think that's why he had. Listen, you gotta have multiple streams of income when you <laughs> constantly bailing yourself out. You know. Yeah, I just wouldn't use the word "little" to describe him, but he's kind of okay. All right, I'm. They tight. Never mind. Go ahead. Hmm. I wonder where you were going with that. That could be anything. Um, <laughs> with that being said, so the final answer on both beverages is proper 12. Is that correct? 1.5? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And, and user one, just for clarity, have you had this before? Was it a good experience? I, I believe I have had this before okay. and it was a good experience. And so I should be all set. All right. Great. Well, is Getting spooky, I've got another can of Yingling, America's oldest brewery. And we're gonna get it. I want y'all to know they do not I want y'all to know they do not sponsor us. So they don't, but listen, if there's anybody (laughs) who needs to give me a deal, this is just her shouting them out for free every episode. Literally, every episode. You need to switch. You guys do a different one every time. I have sometimes I have Hennessy, sometimes I have remember the wine and the Janet. You You've been yingling in it for like the last three. Yeah. My pandemic. Beverage. And they do not pay our bills. 
I just uh, want you to know they don't pay our bills. Uh, they can okay. if they'd like. I'll do I'll do Casamigos next right. episode. You can lie and call it a Bud Light light. No, I'm not gonna do not that. Not a Bud Light light. Ooh. A scud light. I'm not doing that tonight. I'm doing the England. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to lie logo. to the people. Classic. Oh wow, we're swiftly moving. <laughs> You, you guys, this is the part of the episode where we thank our beloved sponsors. Episode 23 is coming to you on behalf of Destiny Midnight. Destiny, thank you for giving to the Black Jackson Estate. You are now known as User 9. Y'all, be like Destiny. Won't you give? Donate. Support us. Give on PayPal dot me forward slash black jack estate or cash app blk jack estate won't you give user one this is the part of the episode where we share feedback from fans you control our twitter do you want to give us a little bit of uh, feedback from the folks out there on twitterverse absolutely so twitter Twitter is where I bees. So um, the Twitter, the Twitterverse is actually a lot of fun. The MJ fam on Twitter is just such a wide range. I think that's what makes it really special. So I always like reading the comments about what we're doing or what other people are doing. And I love how people support things that they believe in um, and things that they feel are helpful to Michael's legacy and to the accurate telling of his life and his art and his life's work. So um, at Sheila, MJ fan forever. She said, group hug, thank you all for providing a space for us to discuss, celebrate, and love Michael from a Black perspective. And thank you so much, Sheila, for always supporting us and and leaving us comments and feedback. That one really, really touched us. And we appreciated uh, you saying that. Um, At Hot Rock Hudson, Rock Hudson is the old school uh, actor, right? Oh yeah, heartthrob. Yes, yeah, Elizabeth he was Taylor's back friend. Back mm-hmm. Him and Liz were okay. friends. Were best. Listen, that is it's, it's Hot Rock Hudson said celebrating the end of National Podcast Day. Listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Black Jackson Estate. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Uh, we like being somebody's favorite. Uh, you know, I gotta never mind. It's just good to be a favorite, you know, and to be told so. Anyway, moving on. Number oh, three. Oh wow. <laughs> You pick it up, you put it down. At Latanya's World. Latanya's World? Okay. Shout out to the sisters from the Black Jackson Estate, my favorite podcast. Love y'all. Latanya, we love you too, sis. Sisters are doing mm. it for themselves. <laughs> yes, they are. Hallelujah. At her underscore royalty. All right, I like that. Her underscore royalty. I'm glad the Black Jackson Estate did not play Beyonce because Stan Wars can get real prickly on both sides. So she's commenting on our last episode, which was all about the Virgos, Michael Jackson and Beyonce. Check it out if you have not. Okay, listen to this one and go hit that one because you're going to love it. So she says, I'm glad that the Black Jackson Estate didn't play Beyonce because Stan Wars can get real prickly on both sides. I peeped a few slight jabs, but it's all good. LOL. Yeah, we hit her a little bit, but not we didn't hit her hard because, I mean, ain't no need for that. Because we don't we want just being honest. Beyonce. We don't want, we don't want that smoke. We don't want, mm-hmm. we don't want the bees. You know, we're we not here allergies. for that. 
We got yeah. allergies. We don't need that. And you know, and we love her. So you know, but I. So our jabs are in love, just like for Michael. We jab Michael, but it's in love. It's all. Queen it's all like L O V E. L O V E. All right, and then we had a comment on. I bet some of y'all don't even know this exists. It's called Podbean, and um, it is a um a podcast platform as well. At M H Campbell four said he was responding to a conversation we had again on our most recent podcast, which was all about Michael Jackson and Beyonce. He said Ed McMahon died two days before Michael Jackson. So he was really educating me because uh, I said, I didn't know if Ed McMahon was dead. And (laughs) you know what? So funny. Now that I know that it was two days before I see why I don't remember that Ed McMahon died. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's true. A lot of us, took on a traumatic moment when Michael left. Everything that happened that month is kind of a blur. I don't remember much before or after, except I took my fish home for the funeral. I drove back to my mama house. I didn't have air conditioner and my fish died. Right. You had a lot of tragedy that around that time. Michael and my fish. That poor fish. What was the fish's name? Give the fish a little shout out right now. Free Chili Obama. He was okay. a good man. You shouldn't mm. even ask her that because then we wouldn't have had to. I just know. feel like we needed to re- give get some respect, you know, put some respect. It was on- probably a little goldfish. <laughs> what kind of fish was it, Ashley? It was a blue beta fish. See? He was alone. That was my son, but I appreciate you 1.5. Yeah, I had a friend. Absolutely, in, I had a friend in college. Her beta fish committed suicide. He jumped out of. Please stop talking. The bowl. Please stop talking. All right, uh, he did. You can Please find stop. you can find user one on our Twitter account at blk jack estate on Twitter. User one point five runs the Instagram. User one point five. What are the people saying on the ground? So we had one comment that really stuck out to me on Instagram. If you aren't following us on Instagram, stop what you're doing right now. Go to Instagram and follow us at BLK Jack Estate. We would love to follow you back. Uh, But what was the cue to under our post about our last episode about our favorite Virgos, Michael, Beyonce, and myself? Uh, Said there better be some back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And tell them that I am also included in that number. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just glad to be in the number one more time. Uh, so he said, oh, what man. was the Q2 said? There better be some Randy chat included also, right? Thanks for the new episode. And Q, we love you so oh, much that we are going to take about thir- 30 seconds like Judge Judy says, I got 30 seconds to address Randy Jackson again. Fucking Randy. (laughs) (laughs) So for all of you who don't know, Nicki Minaj on September 13th, uh, following, I I believe this was the VMAs where she, she pulled out because she wasn't vaccinated. So Nicki Minaj says on Twitter, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. And that was Nicki Minaj. Well, in true Randy Jackson fashion, 
In true nobody asked you, sir, fashion, Randy tweets on September 15th, I support and echo Nicki Minaj's intelligent advice to use prayer, critical thinking, not be bullied into making a very important decision about your body and personal health. It's a sad day in America when we are censored, canceled, and ridiculed for exercising our God-given freedoms. Now, the Twitterverse had a field day with Randy, and I would just like to know what the users have to say about Randy Jackson and his anti-vaccine comments. Ooh, nigga, shut up. <laughs> Don't encourage her. <laughs> she said, nigga, shut up. Now listen, I want to, okay, let me, I feel like, was that it? That, she went mute, so I think she's done. Yeah, she's I think done. she's done. She's mm-hmm. done. I'm gonna I'm gonna just restate what was stated the last time we talked about Randy and no weapon formed against us by him to us being no Randy, prost- no Randy. <laughs> Say it again, beloved. No Randy formed against us shall prosper that episode now you got to go back and listen to that one if you didn't already so we've given y'all a bunch of stuff to do if you ain't already done it but for everybody who's already done it you fam anyway so you know what's up i'm gonna reiterate this why can't that man have his own opinion and why can't he freely express it on social media like everybody else you shouldn't be bullied for expressing your opinion if i say boo nigga shut up is that bullying or is yes. that me expressing my opinion about it's his both. opinion? It's both. Well, you're then not... I'm a fucking bully and I don't care. <laughs> that's why I your really Twitter is suspended. That's why your Twitter is suspended. See, you didn't have to bring you didn't have to bring that up. You know no, she she's still upset truth. about that. It's the truth. <laughs> and you know she thinks that Randy is the one who got her suspended. I'm not come on. Well then ain't Randy that the cat's reported. meow. I'm not saying Randy <laughs> reported me, but I'm not saying he didn't report me. Oh Lord. Girl, not I not know that. you. He don't know you, boo. He doesn't know nobody knows me. Now they really don't because you are deep into like you can't be. (laughs) They couldn't even read a word. They couldn't read a drop. But even your new your new profile is deep in the matrix. So it's like okay, cool. That's what's up. G seventeen classified. And maybe he did get you suspended after he heard that episode where you talked all that junk. Let me just put it this way: I once got a response from Prince on Twitter. I once got. Free tickets to Diana Ross's own birthday party from her via Twitter. I'm not going to pretend like people don't see my tweets. You got to take the good with the bad, right? Yeah, I'm fine. You, you got some yeah. good spots and but then it's, it's just Randy don't want me. nothing to do with you. It's a boo. I didn't yeah. ask him. I don't give a fuck what Randy thinks about the vaccine. I, I already got my motherfucking vaccine, Randy. Yeah. He doesn't want to get Randy. it, and that's fine. I think that, that at this point, if you're not getting vaccinated, I think you're just unnecessarily putting yourself and the people you really care about at risk and people who you don't know who don't deserve that sort of whatever. You're putting them at risk as well. Unless you have putting a Catherine good, Jackson at risk, and I unless, think that unless is you have a good reason, energy. Well, yeah, Miss Katie let's, is unless vaccinated. you have a good reason. There's some people who can't get it, and so we're not talking about those folks. We're talking about people who are able to, it's safe to, and then are just choosing to ignore people who literally have spent their lives learning. Um, and it doesn't mean they don't make mistakes too, but they know a lot more than you do. And you know, to just disregard is kind of selfish. That's just my opinion. But do what you want. Yourself, can can we address though 
Nicki Minaj's initial tweet where she said that man, his wife left him <laughs> because he got the vaccine and was impotent. I'm over it. I can't. I just, I don't even know why. What you, if that's the truth? It may be the truth, but why in the hell did he respond? He had absolutely nothing to do with that tweet. He should have just let I don't, it ride because nobody asked him. Nobody was talking about Randy and the, <laughs> the Twitter backlash that he got like let me tell you something somebody said randy you're not even the most famous randy jackson when Let's you talk about it he don't they even thought, got it, was, they thought it was they he thought said, it was when you google your name <laughs> this is what happens bro sometimes you got to be quiet and not say anything and he attached a screenshot of randy jackson from american idol onto the bottom of his tweet let me tell you something the internet is that's unmatched. not cool that's not cool I think it's that's fine. not cool. I mean, he get it. He got it. He spoke. So you get whatever comes next. You know, just like you you had the right to say that you get whatever comes next. However, what I'm saying is, um, you know, that the, y'all would have never known Randy Jackson said it if the media didn't lie to y'all and make y'all think it was Randy from American Idol. Oh, no. Because that's I what think, people I thought. We because the delegation knows better. Yeah, we know he got more sense than that. This delegation is not the greater delegation, which a lot of times does not know that he even exists. This Michael Jackson fan universe knew who Randy Jackson was. Of course. So let's just talk about us. But a random poll of 10 people in the streets when People (laughs) Magazine and Us Weekly (laughs) and everybody else that was was telling this story, 10 random people in the streets... Who would they think you were talking about? Definitely, it's a no for me, dog, Randy Jackson. That's what I'm saying. I think they did that on purpose. And then they set Randy up for the bus, and the bus ran right over him. Can I offer a counter thought? Sure. What if Randy set himself up? Since what year? Ooh. Let's move on. All right. Well, thank you, Q, for wanting us to include <laughs> Randy. We appreciate y'all. We He's love a, Q. That's we our love you. Q, Q we the love boo. Q. We love Q you. The boo. 1.5, can you give them the Instagram and where to find you? Yes. So our Instagram again is Estate. Drop us a a like, a comment, and I will absolutely respond to you. And you can find me on Twitter at Reina, R-E-I-N-A, Latoya, L-A-T-O-Y-A. And as I previously stated, it means the queen. La Reina. You hear that music? That's the sound of our new segment coming in hot. First up, Michael Jackson's 50th anniversary, the anniversary of his solo career. Is this going back to like solo, solo? Yeah, MJ? this is this is going back to got to be there. This is Motown. So this is absolutely. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. No, because, you know, after I was 70, what, eight, nine, 79. Yeah, so that's not 50. The funny thing is, like when I was looking at all of the comments on Twitter and, and, you know, the Michael verse about the 50th, I'm like, I feel like the 30th anniversary was like yesterday. And you telling me that we jumped ahead 20 years already? Like, when did that happen? But it's 50 years of 
light, love, positivity, and Michael. Well, listen, 50 years. Congratulations. Uh, At 63 years old, Michael Jackson still would not have been eligible for retirement in America. Moving on. Prince Jackson shuts down Drake comparisons in the last episode we briefly covered. The new music releases of both Drake and Kanye that mentioned their affinity of Michael Jackson and their (laughs) audacious belief (laughs) that they compare or are him in current music standards or whatever. So uh, somebody caught Prince Jackson that would be uh, Prince Michael Jackson on the street and asked him his opinions of the Drake comparisons. Prince said, quote, I mean, everybody has their own definition of great and all respect to Drake, everything that he does. But what my father and my family accomplished in the time that they did it is very unlikely never to be matched. End quote. I think there's a double negative in there, but basically what he's saying is it just doesn't compare. User one, I think that was your whole argument last episode. Do you agree with Prince? Yeah, he got it. He he said it, and that's correct. That's that's the those are the facts. Those are the facts, Jack. And you know, he is of course biased, but in this instance, he's just flat out correct objectively. I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Moving on to the next item. Final accuser case dismissed. James Safechuck lost a court proceeding of some sort. User one, our resident attorney, is going to break all of this down because I don't understand much of what part of the process this is. Uh, Judge Mark Young wrote explaining demurs, which I have no idea what that is. When considering demurs, courts are required to construe the complaint liberally to determine whether a cause of action has been stated given the assumed truth of the facts pleaded. And the judge wrote that plaintiff Safe Chuck alleged that Jackson was hired by defendants to coach, teach, and mentor minors interested in the entertainment industry, setting aside plaintiff's allegation that Jackson was the president of both defendants plaintiff has failed to allege specific facts detailing what such mentorship looked like or was supposed to look like from 1988 through 1992. Attorney user one, what the hell does that mean for Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson's estate? It means very simply, once again, it is over. But I think there is left an opportunity to appeal that ruling by the judge um i think that this is it and i don't know that there's much we need to say because it's such an ugly period of time i think once again we are left with the reality that adding it all up adding their accusations up adding their opportunity to go to court to show some sort of evidence to support their claims to whatever they just can't do it. It is just not working. It is just not plausible legally. It is not passing the standards to just get to a substantive place of 
uh, of going to a trial or having some sort of substantive hearing on the merits. It's it it is what it is. Um, I don't think that they will stop. I think that this may continue in some form or fashion, but it, with less steam, less gas in the tank. But overall, a good day for the Michael Jackson estate, a good day for the Jackson family to see that yet another case is out the window and hopefully they can put this behind them and clear their mind of these nasty accusations that do not hold a lot of weight in a court of law. Using 1.5, any additional thoughts? You know, good riddance. Bye. Bye, loser. Beat it. Beat it. Moving on. This is the part of the show where we give the Taj Jackson documentary update. As a reminder, Taj Jackson is doing a counter documentary to whatever that was that those two white gentlemen created on HBO. His goal is to raise $777,777, a very Michael Jackson theme total. In episode 22, Taj Jackson was at $239,105. He has increased from 30.742% to goal to 30.857% to goal. That's an $899 increase. Taj's last update to the GoFundMe account was on July 30th, 2021. In other documentary news, Trial by Media, an upcoming documentary produced by another supporter within the Michael Jackson fan community. User one, you were hot on the case in making the Black Jackson estate a donor to this documentary. Do you want to talk about why we chose to give and share a little bit about Trial by Media? Absolutely. So I was absolutely moving us and trying to move us in the direction of supporting this particular project because um, the work is being done. We can see the movement. We can see the dedication to really... Uh, pushing the ball forward and getting this thing out and it being quality and it being something that people can wrap their minds around. Um, I think also it's going to be different from what Taj is doing. Taj is looking, his his uh, project has kind of evolved into something he hopes to be like a multi-part or purpose thing. This seems like a more um, succinct effort that will be not necessarily as uh, protracted, but will be more streamlined. So you can kind of ingest it in one sitting, which would be great, right? Because um, attention spans is short and we got things to do. Got to wash my clothes, got to get ready for work and all this other stuff. So I think what he's doing is just wonderful. Uh, the information he's giving us, keeping us updated, showing us that he is hard at work, that our donations are going to a good place and are going to support what he said he's doing. That's awesome to me. You know, uh, you know, perception is reality. That is just the fact. So you can say all you want, but people are going to believe what they see. And we're seeing the work. We we really wanted to give some support to to Jen Chohan. And if we're, if we're murdering your name, just let us know. Um, but what he's doing, if you want to look for him, he's at J-I-N underscore C-H-O 
H-A-N, and you can support them too, um, whether it's five bucks, two dollars, like, I don't know what the minimum is on, on, uh, um, GoFundMe, but it's probably, I don't know, it's probably five or ten dollars. I've seen five dollars on there. It's probably five or ten bucks. I know he recently sat down with Taj to do an interview, so we know Taj will also be a part of his documentary. So it's some really good things happening there. Yeah, I I definitely uh, echo the sentiments of my sister. You know, we want to support, um, you know, projects that are out there trying to help people understand the the miscarriage of justice that has happened um, with Michael Jackson and with all of these, you know, false allegations and, and, and really throughout his, his life, um, the way that the media had, has portrayed him has been so negative um, really up until the point where he was no longer here. And then they tried to, you know, switch, you know, switch, they, they do the old bait and switch. So, I mean, just looking at the trailers, looking at his content, it looks like he's really on a good path. Um, he also has been able to uh, miraculously find a way to work in this pandemic. And so he is creating and recording uh, and putting things together where we can actually see the progress. And to me, that is incredibly important. And I would just like to say, you know, watching the new trailer that he dropped today, it really disturbed my spirit that Taj was able to sit down with him and do an interview and has not found the time to begin work on his own project. But perhaps he's been busy as he is let us know in his last update. So moving on, this is the part of the podcast where we share fan fiction. Please send us fan fiction. You want us to read email the black Jackson estate at gmail.com. That's the black Jackson estate at gmail.com random fan 97. Thank you for this Wattpad submission. We're going to be reading bad Michael Jackson part eight. By Afrocentric X. When Shaka wakes, the first thing that flicks through her mind was the storm that took place last night and the demon that she thought was in her closet. Hell, she still thinks that. She's a strong believer in her religion and figures if angels were real, then so is the devil. You can never be too careful. <sighs> With a soft sigh, she stretches her body out, legs cramping, and is immediately hit with overbearing warmth. Stilling, she turns her head to the side, which was easy because she was on her stomach, and is met with the sight of curly hair and light skin. Daryl. Daryl was entangled in her cover. They both were, actually, and he was still deeply asleep. His black lashes were brushing his cheeks and his body was relaxed, not in that rigid hold he usually copes. His pink mouth was closed and he was breathing gently through his nose. The warmth that she felt was her legs entangled with his. She gently moves away. She was going to let him continue to sleep, but then she catches a glance at the clock. And that's all you get for free. Bad Michael Jackson by Afrocentric X. This is a Wattpad exclusive. 
We're going to include the link and shout out to Alicia for sending this to us. That was, you know, riveting. And I can't wait to read the rest of it. You guys should also read the rest of it. This is going to be great. Daryl, they're referring to Daryl from the bad video who said, you ain't bad, you ain't nothing. Although, you know, if I can make a suggestion, maybe we should do a fanfic from the perspective of, uh, of uh, what's his name? Wesley Snipes character. I think that would be uh, the drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, I think that might uh, be. Okay. Yeah. How do we know he was <laughs> a, a drug dealer? Insane. He was just robbing people. The hoodlum. I'm going to tell you okay, this. Yeah. I'm mm. really curious about how this story picks up and then takes off from this point. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm all in on, uh, finishing this out you guys should definitely check it out if you like michael jackson fanfic and i think that we are hopefully getting some converts here with our reading and sound effects because we want you guys to enjoy the escapism of fan curated fiction dedicated to the one and only michael jackson it's an art baby and listen Somebody wants to be a journalist one day and they don't even know they are helping to hone their skills by writing these stories. So shout out to the writer and the readers. And we can't wait to feature our next writer. So excited in the coming episodes. You hear that? That's that spooky season music. Michael Jackson, the king of spooky season, a.k.a. the month of October, when all spooky things come to life. We're going to dig into four short films that cemented Michael Jackson in his throne as king of the spooky universe. User one, how much do you like scary, spooky things? I love a good scare. And I'll tell you how that is evident in my life. Last year for Halloween, I bought a life-size Chucky doll, a good guy doll. I bought a good guy doll. He talks. He has a knife. He's like the size of a good guy doll, right? All I'm missing is the box. And... um. He finally came out for the season since it is spooky season. And (laughs) we have just been messing with my nephew all month long, like moving the doll around, asking him, did you move the doll? (laughs) He's been moving the doll and lying about it. He's afraid of the doll. Now we've built up a level of fear because it's been very strategic about the doll. And, um, I love it. I love a good scare. I don't love a demon scare. Like I have never watched The Exorcist. I don't want to watch it. So that's out for me. But zombies and ghosts and killer good guy dolls and Freddy Krueger and Jason and that sort of stuff. It really it gets me going. I love it. So I love that Michael is firmly in control of this season. It's it's for me for sure. User 1.5. Did you watch scary michael jackson short films with the light on or off uh it was definitely with the light off 
because the cinematic quality is really not there when everything's all lit up. You really got to turn the lights off and get that effect. But I like scary movies. I love scary movies. I watch them all the time. This is my favorite time of year because they're on TV 24 seven. Um, so definitely with the lights off, especially if I wanted to scare my child, you know, um, which is always exciting whenever you can, you know, scare the piss out of a, a little child. It, it really just brings you a special kind of joy. So definitely lights off. Mm -hmm. The first spooky visual from Michael Jackson. Somebody's watching me. Michael's uncredited duet with Motown scary pop singer Rockwell. Somebody's watching me is a song that Rockwell wrote on his quest to get a pop hit and ultimately prove his father, Barry Gordy, wrong. Rockwell was signed to Motown Records without his father's knowing and eventually penned this pop hit that went number one in multiple countries, but Michael Jackson is not listed in the credits, although it's famously his voice singing that scary, paranoid hook. I always feel like somebody's watching me. And this begins Michael's trek into the paranoia-filled realm of weird storylines. So uh, Rockwell talks about how he made storyboards for this project and the director completely ignored them. He got to set and had no idea what was going on. This video famously features a random pig walking down a hallway and a bunch of other weird bloody shower scenes and all moments. So I wanted to open this one up to the users. What are your thoughts on the Somebody's Watching Me music video and the legend behind Michael adding his vocals uncredited? Listen, so I watched, I made myself watch this video today um, <laughs> because I knew we were doing this episode. It's Rockwell looks great in the video. It's a very 80s video. It's so chaotic, in my opinion. And the song isn't great. Um, you know, it it's a, a, a line. Uh, it's Rockwell at one point um, was telling the story about the, the video when he was saying, you know, he had written tracks before. They, re they really didn't go anywhere. They were mediocre at best. I mean, this one is mediocre at best as well, minus Michael Jackson's vocals on it. But, you know, he talks about how he asked God to help him. And then the music God came down and, and gave him this song to sing. And he did it for Michael like eight or nine times. And Michael called everybody in the house down and was like, oh, my God, you got to hear it. And somehow Michael interjected himself and was like, I can do the background vocals for you. And Jermaine also did some background vocals on this. I just it's not a great song. It's not a great song. It's not a great music video. Um, it says a lot that that was Rockwell's biggest hit. Uh, and it really was probably, no, it really was because Michael was on the, the, the vocals, the background vocals, the, the hook. And I think I spent the whole video, even though I had seen it before, 
waiting for Michael to show up. And I was disappointed. He was not in the video. It was disappointing. Michael is not in the video. Well, I, I want us want us to be clear that this is after Thriller. So Thriller, the music video, obviously the album comes out in 82 and the video for Thriller comes out in 83. This is an 84 release. And I think that why we got what we got, because we also know that Rockwell said he had different plans for the video than what where they went. They went spooky and that wasn't really what he was looking for at all. And um, I think that the reason that the creative team went spooky was because of Thriller. You got Michael on the track and it's kind of like trying to replicate, you know, not trying to reinvent the wheel. So just trying to use the same formula to maybe create success. And I mean, I think it was a good idea. You're still talking about Rockwell, who was an unknown largely you know, he had no hits and it kind of became like this was a big hit. So in that way, whoever thought of this was very successful that, hey, Michael just came out with Thriller. We got Michael on this track. Let's make this a spooky themed video as well and see if we can kind of ride that wave. That's smart. You know, I don't I don't want to go with Rockwell's idea because who's hit? Nobody knows who you are and you haven't shown anybody that your ideas are good. So let's not do that. The best idea you had was getting Michael Jackson on the track. And so you've you've checked the box. Let's do let's do something else over here. So um, I think that was just a good. A good decision on behalf of the folks working with him, the director. Um, to say, hey, we're going to go spooky because this, look how big this has become for, you know, for Michael. So um, Michael's vocals definitely take the song to another level. It's just a catchy song. So all around, he just, he he punched it. He said he prayed to God and asked God to give him them lyrics. And he just showed y'all that prayer still works because he said it came easy after he prayed. Is that what he showed us? Have you listened to the lyrics? Prayer, prayer works. It's a song that is, uh, prayer works. Um, prayer works. Do you agree that this is a spooky season bop? Yeah, this is definitely a spooky season standard. Everybody kind of knows this track. It has a, you know, anxious field sort of vibe, sort of scary vibe. So, yeah, no, I think it's it's definitely in spooky season. And it's probably when he gets the most plays on this and is able to make the most cha-ching. And this song also shows up sometimes in commercials or in movies or whatever. So, it, it makes its its way around, but it's definitely a spooky season standard. I want to jump into the paranoid fiction genre within the horror movie slash spooky film genre. And this is somewhere between this is uh, somebody's watching me is somewhere between paranoid fiction and psychological horror. At its most basic, paranoid fiction refers specifically to works about speculations and possible conspiracies by people in power told by an unreliable narrator. Psychological horror is the uh, idea of analytical psychology as an archetype, shadow character. Shadow characteristics include suspicion, distrust, self-doubt, paranoia of others and themselves. And the thing about Michael 
and why he's the king of spooky season is because some of these concepts that he explored through horror in short films started to become associated with his character and it started to become associated with his brand because he sort of constantly started alluding to these basic concepts. So user 1.5, I want to get some feedback from you. Uh, What do you think about the element of paranoia and the concept of psychological horror showing itself in somebody's watching me? And do you think that Michael continued to play with that concept uh, until the end? Um, yeah, I definitely think that that's like sp- spot on. When you read the lyrics, um, the the lyric that comes up more than anything, I have no privacy. Um, where's my privacy? Somebody's watching me, right? And so I think that um, Michael, that's that's Michael, right? Michael actually says that in private in the song privacy on the invincible album, you know, um, it's, it kind of mirrors this, the, the, the sentiments of the, the lyrics of this song, um, quite a bit. Michael used that going forward. I think Michael used psychological horror to express to people really how he was feeling. And, for somebody like Michael Jackson, it is very difficult uh, to say, you know, I feel this way when you are so famous, right? It's difficult to say, you know, I feel lonely. I feel this. I feel that when you're so famous, because people think like, well, you're rich and you're famous and you know this person and that person and you have this and this. And how could you, how could you feel this way? Right. It's like when Oprah asked Prince Harry in that interview that he and Meghan Mark. Markle did, well, you're a prince. How can you, you know, feel lonely? You know, which was a dumbass question, but I ain't got nothing else to say about Oprah. But it's it's the, it's kind of the same concept. It's hard for people to grasp that you feel a particular way, a, a normal human emotion when you are so rich and so famous. So Michael used that in order to express his feelings, but in a fun way, um, well, because you know, that's who he, that's who he was. Yeah. Let me say, I don't think it's weird for people to think that. I think Oprah's Oprah. Like, everyone goes through human emotions and, and everyone has, you know, whatever feelings that are impacted by the lifestyle that they live or that they have to live or choose to live or whatever. I think the issue or the thing that gets the general public is the complaining about it. When you also don't have on top of those very human things, these other things that regular people have to contend with, you know, like, and I can understand that. I think that was Michael's thing. Like he, he was trying to balance this idea of expressing that thing, that this is my life. And these are the things that I struggle with. And he incorporated that in his art and it came out in some of like the threatened, uh, Mm-hmm. or privacy or you know came out in those songs and then on the same hand you had to balance the idea that people don't want to hear you complain when you live in you know a multi-million dollar house and you take a private jet everywhere you want to go and you don't have these certain concerns so i think that michael definitely used his art and used this sort of storytelling to try to weave into his communication to his audience that, hey, you know, I deal with things as well that you're dealing with, 
Um, and maybe you can better hear and understand that if I put it in the art. What are your thoughts on Michael hearing the song and wanting to be on it instead of, um, I guess, I don't know what the traditional way is that someone makes that ask of Michael, but this is one of those situations where Rockwell comes to Havenhurst, he's playing this, and Michael asks, allegedly, to -hmm. put his vocals on this. Do y'all think uh, that's how it went down? Yeah, I do. Think about it. Think about the way you just set this up. Rockwell comes to the house with the boombox. What does that already say about the relationship we got? You know what I mean? Like what what relationship do we have that you can show up at my house talking about I want you to hear this? And get in. Uh-huh. I believe mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. And Michael was like, I really like this. He called everybody in the house to listen to what Kenny had done. And <laughs> And he said, hold on a second, little bro. Let me talk to you for a minute. And yeah, he, they said he pulled him off to the side. Let me, let me talk to you. I can't. Mm-hmm. Jermaine probably was lurking around that the, that corner. Jermaine, no, was Jermaine was at home with Hazel. Or Whitney. Which is Kenny's Kenny's sister. No, no. That's well, that is his Kenny. Let's be clear. Kenny is his brother-in-law. Jermaine's brother-in-law. The brother-in-law. Jermaine's probably at the house today. I think he Jermaine may let's just say Jermaine was at the house. Jermaine, if you want to. Did Jermaine bring him? Uh, That's a question. uh, Jermaine could have brought him. But but I think that I think it was very organic. I think that's the question you're asking. I don't I don't know if Michael took any money from it, but I could definitely see him not taking any money and saying, I want to do the vocals, but I don't want to be in any video or anything, but I do want to be on your song. Like because mm-hmm. he definitely he went over there to get their feedback and help and i think that was michael's way of saying i'm here to help you i actually really like this so let me do your hook and michael would jump on any damn body song and and they would jump no, on. He i wouldn't. mean think about no well, he wouldn't think How about he on the victory album no okay well he didn't want to do that but that's what i'm saying if he wanted to do it he would jump on it and didn't necessarily need credit for background vocals hell he's on latoya's album and i don't know if y'all listened to that first album but you know he's um, on a lot of people's stuff and people don't so, even realize it. kenny loggins he's on yeah he's on a lot of songs that people don't know doing background vocals and killing it especially in the 70s he has such a wide range of of musical taste and interest and um so he would jump on an r&b track and then on a pop track on a disco track like he was all over the place and um he he really did have some like just a, a great voice that people wanted to have on their on their record so rockwell definitely he hit the bullseye getting michael to say i'll do it you know and i i would like to be a part of this moving on to our next example of michael jackson jumping headfirst into spooky season torture User 1.5 previously mentioned the album Victory and the project and tour attached to it. The cast and crew of the Victory music video often referred to this gig as death or victory because it was such a miserable shoot. Let's get into it. First of all, horror is what I would define this wild and chaotic 1980s video. 
And let's dig into the concept of horror, which is a genre of fiction whose purpose is to create feelings of fear, dread, repulsion, and terror in the audience. And these are characteristics that continue to pop up in Michael Jackson's music and short films. The song Torture on the Jackson's album Victory was written by Jackie Jackson. And most folks think this is a horror murder melody, but it's actually about a bad breakup. User one, did you know the story about Paul Abdul, Jackie Jackson, and the triangle with the torture song and music video shoot? You said, I think you said repulsion was a, a word to describe and I felt that was very branded for this song. It's just a, a song that just doesn't hit. And I love Jackie. Jackie looked great in the video, but not a song that hits. The whole Paula Abdul piece is just messy. And maybe we can chop that up to Jackie being young and very dumb. But I think that it seems that this was overall really a miss altogether. The budget, um, the song was never performed live, even though it was a whole tour named after the album it was on. None of the songs from that album, including this one, ever made it there. I think it was just a real miss. I didn't enjoy the visuals for this one. I really felt like Tito looked like Forrest Whitaker in the video. And... Uh, the most that I enjoyed about the video. No, it was everything else. It was like the body <laughs> shape and the facials, not the eyes though. Uh, the spooky thing is that Jackie wrote them and Michael sang them. I don't think that sadomasochism is the the theme of the song by listening to it i don't even think it's the theme of the video um it was some pretty kind of gory stuff i mean at one point i can't remember i think i think it's jackie had you know like put his hand in some kind of gooey stuff and he had an eyeball coming out of his hand and it was just it's some some weird things happening in the video um but i don't think the song is spooky at all. I think they tried to make the song spooky um, bec- by, you know, pairing it with the video. You've got a Michael Jackson wax figure that served absolutely no purpose. But the rumor and the mystique that surrounds Michael Jackson's actually not in this video. It's a wax dummy of his that uh, was borrowed by the production crew of the short film because Michael did not want to be in it. Jackie Jackson changes the choreographer to Paul Abdul. And I'm not Mm. sure where the dance routine is that she may or may not have actually done here. If it's in the final cut, but between Michael not being there, they are using his wax figure. There are white dummy plastered uh no-eyed versions of the jacksons there are weird spiders crawling around these Mm -hmm. white fairies that could 
be i don't know that's like almost a uh, an 80s version of the whiz um there's whips there's skeletons it's just a lot of chaos simply because there was no clear direction on this set and there was actual drama over where are the lead singers from this song some might say contributes to the spooky lore of this short film moving on to our next short film the omnipresent thriller inspired by Michael Jackson's viewing of John Landis's horror movie, American Werewolf in London, which user one, user 1.5. I just want to ask you both if you've seen this and did you like it? American Werewolf in London. Have you ever seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it before. It's not a, it's not bad, but I've, I've, I've probably only seen it to sit down and watch straight through one time. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. Um, It is a very wonky, it's a horror slash comedy film. And the main summary of the plot is the, uh, the protagonist, David, transforms again into a werewolf inside a movie theater. So Michael sees this short film directed by John Landis and says, I too want to morph into a werewolf. And this is the first time Michael Jackson deals with horror through transformation. And uh, he turns in Thriller from, uh, a lot of people think Michael turns into a werewolf, but uh, the makeup director on the set of Thriller said the look was created to reflect more of a were-cat. And that was Rick Baker uh, who won his first Oscar for best makeup on American Werewolf. Um, so Michael wants to turn into a werewolf, a werecat, and he starts this process, of course, in the studio with Vincent Price adding his spooky rap to the song on the studio version. Uh, and Vincent Price is famous for his work on the Twilight Zone. Uh, user one, do you have a relationship with the Twilight Zone and Vincent Price's voice? And when you heard his voice on Thriller as a kid, did you know it was Vincent Price or did you just think it was a scary, booming voice? Nope, just scary white man. And um, I don't, that's not my lane. That's user 1.5's lane with the Vincent Price stuff. So, you yeah, know, that's, that's not me at all. Just thought it was scary, weird. So 1.5, you watched Twilight Zone as a kid and you knew who Vincent Price was? So uh, I just want to say I am, that is not my generation, okay? I didn't watch it as a kid. I watched it as an adult, okay? The reruns. Why but, are you so um, adamant about letting people know you're not that old? Because I'm not that old. Because y'all try to be up here acting like that I'm older than everybody else. And it ain't but by a little bit. Do we and y'all need to tell play- everybody that you needed tech help tonight? You can tell whatever you want to tell. Nobody's going to believe lies. <laughs> oh, no. At all. Lies. You know? So y'all can tell whatever lies you want to tell. Oh, Lord Jesus. Hmm. So when you watch the reruns of The Twilight Zone... You heard Vincent Price and you connected him with Thriller. Is that fair to say, user 1.5? So he actually did not 
appear in the Twilight Zone. Vincent Price didn't. He appeared in Rod Serling's other show, Night Gallery. So, and he was in the first two episodes of of that new series, which was in the 60s, I believe, um, right after the Twilight Zone. So I didn't, so there was no connection there for me. Rod Serling is the, was the, the Twilight Zone guy and maybe whoever um, typed up that got, got confused because they are both associated with spookiness. Um, but Vincent Price starred in like, you know, House on Haunted Hill um, and a couple of other really good kind of spooky movies, which made him the king of, of spookiness. Some of the themes that we gather when watching a thriller a lot of people define it as a coming-of-age story. So it begins in the 1950s, and it culminates in a 1980s date with Michael Jackson and Ola Ray as his leading girl, and then walking through a graveyard that uh, then becomes possessed with zombies and attacks them both, and Michael turns into a zombie. Um, this led to a fallout with Michael's religion at the time, which I think adds to the spooky appeal here because there's this faith and occult and mysticism that Michael Jackson's religion of being a, a Michael Jackson's religion of being a Jehovah's witness now requires him to respond and adjust this film, which ultimately adds to the lore and the legend of this, where he famously adds a disclaimer at the beginning. User one, do you think that adding the disclaimer made this video more popular and more legendary? Or do you think, you know, 20, 50 years into Michael Jackson's solo career that people don't think about this at all? No, I think it was definitely the A part to this. I think sometimes our unintended choices become the most consequential. So, like, he did, he really did this for not artistic or whatever purposes. It was really for a personal religious reasons to, to let it be known that I'm deeply religious. I am not a part of anything that is celebrating the devil or the dark side any occults or anything like that at all. I think he did that for personal reasons. It ended up having an effect on the entire ambiance of this video. And it, it, it fit well into the art, but it was deeply personal. But I think that even today, it's something that people look at and, you know, it makes you pay, pay a little closer attention and probably draws you in a little more. And, he again an unintended sort of addition that became very integral to how we view this video with that disclaimer the fourth spooky short film ghosts michael jackson's 1996 creation written by stephen king and mick garris who i have no idea who it, who he is but definitely know who Stan Winston is, the director. It was filmed and screened in 1996 and released along with select prints of the film Thinner. It was released as a promo 
internationally on Laserdisc, VHS, and Video CD. A lot of you may not know what any of those things are. But basically a DVD. If you don't know what a DVD is, you're down bad. Open up your mind. But uh, one of the most prolific horror and thriller writers is Stephen King. And Stephen King writes this movie Thinner uh, and then writes Ghosts under a, under a pseudonym, another name. And the movie Thinner is a foray into body horror, which aligns with ultimately what happens in the plot of Ghosts. And Thinner uh, is about a, a 1984 novel of the same name. And Stephen King writes this horror book under the uh, under the name of Richard Bachman. And in this body horror, or also called biological horror, um, there's a natural graphic transformation, degeneration, or destruction of the physical body. And one of our sources breaks this down by saying that Films like this have a lot of decay, disease, deformity, mutation, mutilation. And that kind of goes into the masochism, uh, body horror genre that pops up and is prominent in ghosts. So in the uh, film Ghosts, Michael smashes his skull into the floor turns into dust, pulls his skin off of his body, like does all these wild things. And we know that most of that is because he wanted to make a foray into animation and what you could do with 3D graphics and using green screen. Uh, But Michael also wants to package basically this batch of spooky songs that comes out on blood of the dance floor that comes out on blood on the dance floor history in the mix so you've got too bad is it scary ghosts all a part of the history brand and michael takes this batch of scary songs throws it into a short film called ghosts and goes through this new transformation film and the plot is about uh a lot of people think it's in response to the 1993 trial and allegations well there was no trial uh the 1993 allegations against michael where he's basically um using stephen king's writing talking about someone being attacked by a community and explores this innocent theme that also meshes with body horror. And so I want to ask user one, do you think the plot of this aged well, particularly with us reflecting on Michael Jackson having a 50 year solo career, like this plot, which will like most of the music from the history project and blood on the dance floor 
um, addressed the allegations that Michael had gone through over several years and the backlash that he had received after that. Do you think Michael Jackson used this horror short film as a response to the allegations and the backlash that he had dealt with 1993 on? Yeah, I think because I think it comes on, it's a part of the, the album that is the response. So I think everything, pretty much everything on that album is a response to that piece. So that would include ghosts too bad, you know, and I think again, his best way, his, the way he best communicated with us, whether you're fan or not fan was through his art. When he tried to give interviews, when he tried to explain himself, it always went wrong. It always went badly. Things were always lost in translation between us regular folk and Michael Jackson and the world he kind of lived in and the way he viewed things. So I think that this was an extension of him trying to um, explain himself and vindicate himself. And again, he could put it inside of this concept that we could all gravitate towards. The horror genre, if people don't know, at least in America, is huge. Me and a friend of mine, we regularly, I'm big on movies. I love movies. I love to look. I'm big on economics. I love to see if things meet their budget and if they do, how it exceeds it. Horror movies are one genre that you don't have to have a large budget to make like an insane amount of money over what you spend. Think about it. A lot of the movies are just in one house, you know? You don't have to go a bunch of different locations. You need like four characters. Everybody's going to die in the end except one person, you know? it becomes something where you can actually make a lot of money, not spending a lot of money. And I think Michael tapped into that reality early on and then tried to see how he could reinvent and duplicate that sort of success. So I think he tried to tell his story inside this formula again with ghosts. And I think he was successful. I think it was largely a very successful endeavor it definitely in the fan community, not it's not a thriller, you know. So chasing thriller is always a bad idea. We talk about this in our last year's spooky season episode. So check it out if you haven't. Chasing thriller, bad idea. But chasing something different that may even still been be in the same lane, that's okay. And I think that's what he did here. The mayor of a nameless town gathers a mob to confront a hermit living in a haunted house. When the mob arrives, however, the man has a few tricks up his sleeve to convince them that he's not all that bad. User 1.5, do you think making these songs spooky through this plot line ultimately made sense or not? I think... I think Michael was going to make whatever video he was going to make regardless of the song, uh, regardless of the songs, whether they were spooky or not. Michael enjoyed that kind of spookiness. The fact that the, the, the track is called, the track is called ghosts. The, the video is called ghosts, but then the actual song is called ghosts. I mean, it makes sense that you would do some kind of a spooky theme. Um, it makes sense that you would do, and and that you would, like my sister said, you are, the entire album is in backlash to the first set of allegations. So of course you would do something kind of 
explaining that or, you know, having people maybe try to understand it from your point of view, because really um, the entire plot of ghosts is from the maestros or from Michael's point of view, right? Like you have more empathy for him than you do for the mayor. Right. And so it definitely makes sense. The, the songs that he chose to include too bad uh, ghosts and uh, is it scary? Is it scary in particular? If you listen to those lyrics, you know, you know, he's saying, you know, I think the evil one is you, you know? So, I mean, I, I, it makes sense. Michael did. Michael was very intentional. You know, nothing happened by accident with Michael Jackson. He was a very deep thinker and he thought on a, on, on a different level than a lot of a lot of people do. And so he's trying to explain to us his point of view. And I think he came across really well. Y'all know I love ghosts. I watched ghosts, not the sped up video version. I watched the whole 30 damn minute short film every single time. So, I mean, I think Ghost is absolutely wonderful. I do, too. I love talking about it. My last question for y'all. Do y'all think Michael has a spooky legacy and are, are all of these uh, short films scary? He absolutely has a spooky legacy. I mean, as soon as October 1 hits, you know, we all put on our uh, Thriller mask and put Thriller on the the loudspeakers and, you know, try to find Ola and what she's doing nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, he's definitely the king of spooky season. Um, Are all of these films spooky? It depends on your definition of spooky. But they all are worth talking about we talking about it right now um i do wish you had and i guess because there was no video for it but i mean michael definitely wanted to continue his spooky legacy even in invincible his last studio album um with threatened and i mean that was that's a great song as well to be included in spooky season um and it was, it didn't get as much, you know, acclaim and clout as my sister says he was chasing Thriller, but it was still a great song. Um, but Michael's the king of spooky season. Let's put Thriller on, insert visit price. Let's do it. I mm-hmm. think the uh, the snippet of the threatened section of This Is It was spooky enough with that giant spider. Without seeing, without that having a proper visual, I think what we saw there was just scary enough. That scared the fuck out of me. There's no doubt he's got a spooky legacy. It shows up every year on the charts. Thriller always is charting. Um, the album is charting. The video is being watched. People are buying it. People are dressing up as Michael Jackson and Thriller. People are making their own versions of the Thriller short and posting it on TikTok and on Insta and on Twitter and wherever. I mean, celebrities are doing it and regular everyday folks are doing it too. So he is the king in this genre. He did it and it stands still today. And I think it's deserved. And that's it for our Michael Jackson spooky season episode. Happy Halloween. We'll see you later. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. 
creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years. And grizzled ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil.